0: I think of myself as an assistant. I'm never, ever going to be a head coach. I'm always going to be an assistant coach. Christ is the head coach. He gives us this guide for our our spiritual life in the training that we do. That was something that I've tried my best to, to follow.
1: Welcome to the Catholic Theology Show presented by Ave Maria University. This podcast is sponsored in part by Annunciation Circle, a community that supports the mission of Ave Maria University through their monthly donations of $10 or more. If you'd like to support this podcast and the mission of Ave Maria University, I encourage you to visit avemaria.edu slash join for more information. I'm your host, Michael Dauphiné, and today we are joined by Alan Webb, the track and field coach at Ave Maria University, and uh, the former uh, American record holder in the mile who uh, held that record of three minutes and 46 seconds for 16 years up until actually uh, just very recently. So Alan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Excellent. And so kind of for today, what we really want to look at is the question of theology and sports. And I thought we could pick as our kind of, you know, our lighthouse for this inquiry, Uh, John Paul II, right? uh, This podcast was started on his feast day. It was launched on his feast day in 2022, October 22nd. And, you know, John Paul II was uh, such a hero, uh, right? John Paul the Great. But one of the things that was really unique about a lot of his apostolates and his teaching, you know, he had something on the letter to artists. Helping artists to recognize that as artists they are contributing to somehow the, the, you know this this the dignity of creation that that Christ has redeemed the creation and therefore we can now explore any aspect of creation for the good. Obviously, he's a uh, supporter of uh, the sciences as as the Vatican has been for a long time, uh, but he also had this unique relationship to athletics. I think he was uh, like a sportsman in his youth. He used to like to go skiing and and do these sorts of things. Uh, but this is a letter um, in the Jubilee of sports people. So during the Jubilee year in 2000, uh, he gave a homily kind of basically talking a little bit about this theology of sports. So obviously you've lived your life in, in sports, and so I'd just love to hear a little bit about what was what are some of your own thoughts on kind of how theology and sports go together, and maybe how John Paul II's vision, you know, helped you or appealed to you?
0: Well, number one, John Paul II is was my confirmation saint when I came into the church in 2017, and uh, you know, I I felt that calling to uh, to have him be a model for me, personally, because of all the things you are, you, you just said, uh, you know, his he gave this wonderful homily about, about sports, but but sort of in a broader sense, he he's, he uh, did a lot a lot of speaking on about the theology of the body,
1: yeah, and how, yes.
0: and I, f- I felt like that was something that called to me because of the you know having to use your body in in, in sports and so that was just my own personal calling to to john paul specifically and but i think that there's just this connection uh that i i found between striving for excellence in sports um and sort of the physical part uh our flesh so to speak um and transferring that over into, uh, you know, strengthening your, strengthening your spirit, you know, your soul. And I've tried to make that connection more and more as as I've, uh, as Mm I've, as as I've, as I've grown, especially, you know, since coming into the church, you know, and uh, having just this wonderful guide uh, for me and for us really. Uh, so, uh, that's really, uh, from the beginning of my time, you know, being in communion with the church, you know, that he's he's been just this sort of, been there
1: yeah. to, I, I hope, mm-hmm. intercede for me, you know. That's beautiful, <laughs> that's beautiful. So you mentioned there the theology of the body, and one of the things that John Paul II has, you know, it, at, at the heart of his teaching in a way is, I'd say maybe it would be kind of just at least two items, I mean, it's it's they're, they're many, but. One, right, is that Christ redeemed us through a body, right? Um, so that Christ became uh, fully human, body and soul, uh, but that his redemption came through, the redemption of the world came through, right the Word becoming flesh. Uh, his life, his sufferings, his death, matter, and uh, really became the instrument right for our salvation. and he he rose again with the body, right. So, uh, in a certain sense, this also is a sign that, well, everything we do with our body matters too, right? And so this is uh, right, a, a great gift. And a second thing he mentions is the idea that the body expresses the person, right? The person doesn't, isn't hidden somewhere above the body that the, the you know, if you want to see what a human soul looks like, look at a body and look at a body in action. And what does it do? You know, it, it it cares for others. It it speaks. It looks. It thinks. Right. These are all sorts of things that the body tells stories. It paints pictures. Right. It creates games. Right. All these sorts of things. It runs. You know, runs a mile. All these different <laughs> elements. Uh, and that, in some ways, these are expressions of our person. Uh, so again, that certain sense that everything, which also means it really can be an expression of love right so uh so maybe if you could just were there any other like ways in which this understanding of the theology of the body uh that you learned from john paul ii helped you maybe even enter the catholic church i i, w- I would say that uh, the
0: the the discipline part and like the work ethic part were were something that that helped me make that connection uh uh and and hit that the idea of putting effort into something mm-hmm. uh, and in this case sports uh, it you can sort of tra- transfer that into really any anything uh could be a diff- a different sport um which you know that happened to me like early on i was really more a, i started out as a swimmer and then i just sort of took that work ethic and applied it to running and if i ever talked to a group of high school kids or anybody, I would say, oh, well, you can do this and then go off and uh, do great things as a theology professor, <laughs> for example, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it is. But the next step that John Paul helped me make uh, was that, hey, you can take that level of effort and apply it to your spiritual life, you know? And that, mm-hmm. that was like the big, the kind of the kicker for me because, yeah. um, you know, I fell into the dangerous dangerous, uh, mentality that it was me doing it. Even like, Oh, I worked for it. Therefore it was me that did it. Yeah, You know, like, Oh, well, yeah, there's, you know, there's a, you know, there's physically, physical, physically talented athletes that can, maybe can walk on the field or walk out there and do it without as much effort. But that wasn't me. I worked for it. So therefore it was me. Um, but it, even that part, is a gift too, and yeah. uh, it took it took took me sort of a while to kind of come to that, and uh, uh, it, I'd say I would say that John Paul helped me with that. I wouldn't say he was the only reason, sure. you know. Obviously, yeah. you know, I'll still Christ, you know, going
1: through him, but yeah. um, John Paul certainly helped with that. Yeah. You know, he's like like a helper. I would. Yeah, say. that's such a powerful insight too. That I do think it's often easy for us to see that kind of our our native our native talents are gifts, right? Whatever it is, like we're, we're however tall we are, however, what's our natural, you know, uh, skeletal structure, whatever our natural, maybe like IQ is or whatever, we think of those as, okay, those are the gifts we've received, but then what we do with them is up to us. But the idea that, no, what we do with them is also a gift, right? Anything, if, if we are cooperating with goodness, If we're cooperating with God, cooperating with nature, uh, yes, we are cooperating, right? But we're cooperating. You know what I mean? God is still active, right? So creation doesn't simply mean God gets things started and then we take over. Creation is an ongoing gift, and that's a beautiful way of thinking about it, right? Even our ability to cooperate is is a gift. And, uh, you know, for those who may not be as familiar with this, the early church— Took the word ascesis from which we get our term ascetical training or asceticism, it's often translated as discipline. Uh, you see this a lot in Saint Athanasius's book on the life of Saint Anthony. Anthony took up the discipline. What does that mean? Well, he took up the ascesis. What does ascesis mean? Ascesis is actually training, and it was the word that the greek athletes and greek culture would use for the training for the olympics so the training and sports was the like readiest analogy when the early church wanted to say what does it mean to follow christ totally like saint anthony who goes into the desert and he gives up being married and he gives up his possessions it's well, what's it like? It's like Olympic training. That's what it is. And that's kind of the standard. And uh, it's interesting uh, that, um, you know, Paul himself mentions this parallel, right? In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, which John Paul II quotes as the beginning of this homily, right? Do you not know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. So... Yeah. Could you say, I you know, just like anything more about how this, you know, like this parallel and, and maybe for, obviously, you know, you've competed at some of the highest levels nationally, internationally. What, what, what are some kind of particular things that you learned in those athletic competitions that maybe now take on a spiritual element?
0: Well, I, that John Paul quotes, uh, St. Paul there. And that's 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 a sort of one of the well known running scriptural quotes <laughs> yes. that people have on T shirts and, yes. and such. Um, but I think it's important to dive deeper into that and 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 say it, it, look at the details there. And because he, he says, "Run so the only one wins the prize." So he's saying that there is a winner. But then the next line, he says, "So run as to win." So that he's right. Only one person crosses the finish line first, but then right afterwards, he still says run so as to win. So he's still saying, go try. He's, yes. right away. He says, he's saying you're not, not one person will cross the finish line first. That's correct. But he's still saying, go try. And I think that's really, really important. And I try my best when I'm coaching uh, to, to communicate that and say, there will only be one person who crosses the finish line first, but there's still, you can still win, so to speak, by, by your effort. And I felt that, you know, I, I you know, my American record was just broken. Um, but even during that time when I set the American record, uh, I still got the most satisfaction from the races when I finished, knowing that I gave everything I had, even if I didn't win the race. That still was, Mm -hmm. that feeling there, that was really very satisfying. And I think that that is something that uh, I hope is communicated more in the world of sports, because it's not always the case. It's always like more of, if you win, then that's awesome, everybody else, Go get better and win next time or else it's not worth your effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that's a hundred percent the case, but that can be this danger and cause it, it it really it leaves everybody it leaves so many people out, it makes it a zero sum game. And I do and I and I know that, you know, you can even look to scripture to to back me up here. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. saying it, I'm just reflecting yeah. what what what's there and to say that you still you still have to try. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's the same in this, this this spiritual oh, life, yeah. and you know we were talking off uh, off cam off camera, th- and how um, Christ tells us that that you know we we're not gonna we we're not going to be Him, <laughs> but we still should we still need to get out there and and give it our our best effort, yeah. and, and and he'll be the judge of whether we accomplished. Yes, <laughs> all, that is or, that is all. Fun. and it,
1: it's interesting too. <laughs> that um, only one receives, right, but all run to obtain the prize. And one thing we can think about that too, if we actually put it in the context of our Christian faith, is we recognize one has received the prize, right? Jesus Christ has run the race and he has defeated death in this homily. And so in a certain sense, we kind of also have that strange thing in which we actually know we're going to be winners as well. Uh, and, you know, the Greek word for conquering is actually, right, Nike, right? Our, you know, Nike shoes, um, you know, the victor. And, you know, conquering shows up a lot, especially in the book of Revelation, that Christ has conquered the lamb who was slain has conquered, and we will conquer in him. But again, he's using, in a way, language of victory, right? And so in certain sense, Christ is victorious, over sin and death. But listen to what John Paul II says. Every Christian is called to become a strong athlete of Christ. Okay, so we can become athletes of Christ who are willing to give faithful and courageous witness to the gospel. This is what he says. But to succeed in this, he must persevere in prayer, be trained in virtue, and follow the divine master in everything. So the thing is, we don't, um, we're, we're not running on our own. Uh, and uh, you know, there's an interesting thing too. I think that women run faster when they in the Olympics when or in the marathon, when they run with men, because they can run a little faster if they can chase someone. And remember, we're never running on our own because we're always getting to kind of like uh, running behind Jesus. Uh, but John Paul II says this. He says that Jesus Christ is, in fact, God's true athlete. Christ is the more powerful man, who for our sake confronted and defeated the opponent Satan by the power of the Holy Spirit thus inaugurating the kingdom of God right so Christ is God's true athlete right who enters into the arena with Satan right and overpowers him right in his resurrection he overpowers Satan anyway i just love that idea that you know we're we're not alone in this competition in fighting our own sins and fighting death and fighting the powers of right. The dark prince of the universe. Right. No, we, uh, Christ has already won and, and, and we can follow him. And he, it, you're right.
0: And he gives us a guide too. you know, he's, uh, he gives us a guide for the training that we need to do. And, uh, so he's, he's 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 the perfect athlete, and he's also he's also the perfect coach too. Oh, you know, beautiful! I I, uh, I I I I think of myself as an assistant. I'm never ever going to be a head coach. I'm always going to be an assistant coach. Christ is the head coach. We're all for any of the coaches out there. You know, because I'm, I'm sort of, I've moved on from my own personal thing, but it's for a coach too. Yeah, you know, like uh, Ed. He, he gives us this guide for our, our, our spiritual life in, in in, in, the tra- in, in the training that we do. And, uh, that was something that I've tried my best to, to, to follow. Uh, I, I think I've still got some, some work to do to figure out exactly like, you know, uh, maybe periodization or something like that. I need to figure out, but in, in general, you know, prayer, you know, is, is like, uh, the, the training that we have to do, you know? Um, and I think that that was something that I have tried my best to add into my daily routine, just like I had routines in running, yeah. uh, uh, certain, uh, disciplines that I had to do, you know, obviously as a, a distance runner would do something different than a baseball player would, you know, there's different modes of modes, modes that you can do that, uh, for, for sports purposes, but prayer, well, you know, and, and I, I think that He tell he kind of tells us what to do, you know, he tells us how to, how to, how to worship and how to pray. And I've had a couple little funny conversations with just runner friends and uh, we, we catered the consensus, you know, between this small group of us that, that, that the rosary was like sort of the easy run. The, the easy run of of you can you can do it every day um sometimes your mind gets kind of lost in it and and you're like wow i wasn't really focusing on what i should be focusing on but when you finish the easy run it's it's uh you still feel like All right, i i feel i feel better i definitely feel better once you, you mm-hmm. even if you don't want to do it you start it and you get one or two decades in if you could just get over the hump of the third decade by the time you finish you're like All right, I i got this just like a you did a, an easy 30 minute run. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't feel that good, yeah. your legs might be tired from some other, you know, a harder workout. Once you get through it, you feel, you, you feel better. Um, and that's, that's just one example of sort of the training to yeah. match mm-hmm. or try your best to match the perfect yeah.
1: athlete that, that Christ is. That's beautiful. And so I wanted to ask you quickly, um, and we may talk about this a little bit more after the break, but I do think it's at least a question where so much of sports is about competition, a healthy competition, hopefully. Um, and yet there's also something, you know, that is kind of dangerous about competition. Uh, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity will describe pride as essentially competitive. It just wants to be better than everyone else. So, you know, what would you say to somebody who says, well, sports fosters, you know, how or like, I mean how do we separate kind of this unhealthy sense of competition to a good sense of competition or you know maybe how did you kind of discover that in your own life I would say that's probably one of the most difficult things about sports
0: is is how do you have a genuine sense of competition how, how do you do that uh, and I think w- one wi- or one window into it would be the team aspect. Uh, for example, if you're if you're training with a teammate, it becomes a little easier to wrap your mind around supporting that person because you're both you're both trying to win something else. Like you're you're together trying to win, right? And so, uh, you know, in, in in running, if your teammate is uh, does better even if you lose, if they, but they beat you, let's say, then you still kind of win, mm-hmm. right? And so it can, it can kind of give you a little picture of like, yeah. well, how are we supposed to do this? Like, am I, do I hate this person? You know, like I want to win, but like, am I supposed to try to, you know, am I, you know, harboring these like, anger, angry thoughts about the, these people? Um, and that that's obviously, you know, that's yeah. a danger and that's what you yeah. don't want. But when you maybe bring the bubble a little smaller into your own team and say, Hey, well, I am kind of competing against this person because it's, it's a race and I'm, you know, I'm trying to be the first one across the finish line first, but how do I feel about if somebody else crosses the finish line first? And that can be sort of our way of painting the right picture. Yeah. And then when you, if you take that same mentality and you apply it to, you know, the, you know, if you, if you didn't have a team, let's say, for example, like most professional runners uh, aren't competing on a team, so to speak, where you're like scoring points, even at like at the collegiate level. And if you have that, you, you can still sort of practice that mentality. So when you go to a race and say, hey, well, this person's going to help me run better. And that's an important mentality that I, I try to, to communicate to athletes is that is if you're nervous for the race, one of the best ways to, to approach it is to say, this is a good thing. This is gonna draw something out of me that I wouldn't necessarily have at a, a practice. I'm gonna run faster. And, I, and, I, and I've always felt that way. Like I could always get a little more in a race than I could at a workout. Not that the workouts weren't hard. I definitely killed myself a lot of times yes, to, to do yes. workouts, but I knew I could just get just a touch more when there was competition there and, and it's going and if you have that mentality say hey this person's going to help me right yeah. i i wouldn't have run as fast if i didn't have steve scott's american record to go chase and it was like sure. it was like oh i, I this is an accomplishment it was like like well i needed him to do it i needed my competition yeah. like the guys that i ran in high school david Ritzstein, ryan hall these guys they pushed me and i wouldn't have run as fast you know, in high school, and then ultimately later, you know, the the, the, the scope mm-hmm. broadened to, you know, the whole world, you know, eventually. But I wouldn't have got all, done all the things without those, those men to, to push me, right? And so you, you should look at your competition and say, thank you for pushing me to whatever heights I can, yeah. whatever I get to accomplish, because we're all sort of in it together. <laughs> because, and if you apply that, then that, that, that healthy mentality to, uh to the spiritual life, then you could see that the goal is the same. we're all trying to support each other in the in the same way, and I think that's important that that's that's a critical thing you know and and that's what I think is I love about be, being here at Ave Maria University because I'm sitting here talking to you, and I'm like, <laughs> here's this guy who's like he's so accomplished in the world of theology, and he's like, you know you know I feel like you're lifting me up, you know, and I hope I'm doing the same for you. Cause that's, that, that's, that's my goal. And I think that that that's where the community part uh, of the, the true meaning of the church in terms of yeah. like, it is mm-hmm. community, right. You know, that that's, you know, it's our community in Christ and that's mm-hmm. where that sports part should trans over in a
1: healthy way. That's great. And, and I love that sense that yes, sports can, can foster unhealthy forms of competition. And we'll talk a little bit about those after the break, but there's also a way I think a lot of people learn to kind of care about other people's success often, sometimes first in sports where they really begin to kind of rejoice with those who rejoice or you're proud of a teammate uh, or, you know, these sorts of different things. And then what a beautiful image to recognize that it's the, the way that other people can contribute to us growing, right, is a really beautiful thing. Even if they turn out to stay ahead of us, we still might run faster than we ever have because we do that. And of course, in some ways, right, you know, sports are always talking about the goats, the greatest of all time. Well, I feel like, you know, the Catholics have been doing that a lot longer, right? All our saints, uh, you know, Jesus and Mary and all the saints are the goats. And it is a way in which, you know, yeah, we, we, we don't expect to pass them, but, uh, but they sure do motivate us. And so that's really good. Let's uh, take a break and we'll come back uh, after this uh, short break. Thank you. You're listening to The Catholic Theology Show, presented by Ave Maria University and sponsored in part by Annunciation Circle. Through their generous donations of $10 or more per month, Annunciation Circle members directly support the mission of AMU to be a fountainhead of renewal for the church through our faculty, staff, students, and alumni. To learn more, visit AveMaria.edu slash join. Thank you for your continued support. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Catholic Theology Show sponsored by Ave Maria University. I'm your host, Michael Dauphiné. And we are today talking with uh, Alan Webb, the uh, head track and field and cross country coach at Ave Maria university. Welcome to the show again. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about in the second half, maybe the difficulties that are associated with sports. And I want to highlight kind of two large ones. Uh, The first ones would be, what are the kind of spiritual dangers, the moral dangers that are associated with sports and competition. Uh, and then secondly, the other dangers, what I will call, you know, the the injuries, the loss, you know, the, if, if you know, we're, we often see in our culture, right, you know, uh, if we see an adult crying, it's probably a chance it's related to a sports, uh, you know, they're either a fan or or a competitor or a coach, right? You know, it's like tears. I mean, this is like really... Breaks people's hearts. So I want to consider kind of how is it that sports uh, allows us to do this. And, and just so you know, it's interesting, uh, John Paul II uh, has this beautiful line. I just want to make sure I mention that He quotes Psalm 125, those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. And so he says, that this reminds us is that we need to have persevering effort to succeed in life and also right in any sport. So therefore, he says that the logic of sport is the logic of life. Without sacrifices, important results are not obtained or even genuine satisfaction. So this idea that the logic of sports is the logic of life. Um, But of course, we also know that human beings are fallen, right? And we kind of easily fall into cutting corners, cheating, uh, trying to get unfair advantages, uh, over its opponents. Uh, and we can also fall into kind of an idolatry where we maybe idolize our success, ourself, uh, our achievements. So just, you know, you've you've had a view and a window into, right, you know, sports at the highest level that many of us have never seen or, or, or won't enter into intimately. So, yeah, maybe what are some things that you've seen either, you know, in yourself or, you know, in competition about this dangers of kind of again, you know, cheating and idolatry. Well, I I think I would uh, address the cheating part
0: first. Okay, uh, sure. Just cuz that's uh, I would say an easier one to see. Uh it's more agreed upon <laughs> that it's a problem in in sports. Uh you know, it's, it's not, a, it still happens, unfortunately, uh, but at least most, I would say most people in sports would agree that, Hey, we have to have rules where, you know, you can't have cheating and, you know, you know, performance enhancing drugs should not be a part of the sport, you know, and, you know, there's failures from people that to follow those rules. Yeah. But, uh, for the most part, I would say that people agree that we should have these rules there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I was you know, I, I've I've I lost to uh, to guys that eventually uh, tested positive, and uh and so that's what you was know, that like for you? Ah, uh, it was disappointing, uh, and it, it I it, it really was something hard to kind of wrap my mind around because you know, I, I it, it's it's hard to know like where you would have been if that didn't happen, you know, because you're always trying to convert it, like, in your head, like, well, what what, what would have happened if, you know, this person didn't cheat? Um, and you'll never really know. That's sort of one of the mysteries that I guess probably lots of runners want to know if they make it to heaven is, hey, like, <laughs> what, who, 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 what would have happened? You know, like, how would this have played out if we didn't have this? sort of had the perfect world had perfect perfect justice so to speak um but i think that the, the the hidden danger is is i would make an argument that it's the idolatry part that is really feeding that feeding those other s- sins it, sure it, 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 it sort of like the idolatry pride part is just manifested by the cheating so it's still sort of the same thing and that's the part that uh, I have to admit that I was guilty of, for sure, is sort of idealizing and idolizing the sport and putting that above uh, above God, and that would be where I would have my regret, like my biggest regrets, you know, and it not just not recognizing that 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 was really the source of things and
1: putting truly putting God first, you know, I, so could you describe, I mean, I think sometimes we, we, we talk somewhat easily about kind of, Oh, I put things in front of God. I put God first, you know, and we kind of, but could you maybe, I don't know if there's like an example that you feel like you could share or just a way of trying to unpack that a little bit more. Um, like what's the, cause you know, that seems to be, you're describing that as something kind of in the past. So what, what, what is something maybe that you saw about that, that we're then able to at some point kind of turn over? Turn over. Yeah. I I,
0: I see what you mean. Um, I, I would say that, that, uh, converting to, to the coming into the church, you know, becoming in full communion with the church. I was, I was, uh, raised in various Protestant denominations. And so I would say that it was there, but in the peripherals where, uh, you know, there's a, a a big difference between, oh, uh, saying, oh, I, Christmas is awesome. And then kind of nothing happens. uh, And I heard about Jesus and yeah, I I believe that he existed, you know, uh, and then leaving it until December 25th, maybe Easter on a good year (laughs) type of thing. And uh, spending little or zero time in prayer, you know, trying to actually listen to God or, or delving into the, 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 scriptures and, you know, listening to God's voice, speak through the scriptures and letting that then, you know, doing that training that would lead you to living a virtuous life, living a, a, a moral life. And, you know, this podcast isn't isn't long enough for me to delve into all, all, all of my own personal, uh, you know, sins that I've had to, you know, clean up, I'd say, uh, big time, you know, uh, yes. And, you know, I, I would say I'm not a, I, I, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not Christ, but I would say that I, I, I hope that you could look back in my life and, and say that I have progressed in some way. I, I have progressed in some way. And, uh, you know, maybe we can get Julia on here and my wife will be able to kind of tell my, more of my, my flaws that, that, uh, and, uh, but also my progress too. And, and her in the same way, uh, Julie and I both, um, I'm bringing her into the fold just cause you know, she's somebody who intimately knows, knows, knows me, but uh, sort of committing to having Christ being the center of your mm-hmm. life and, and yeah. doing, doing those things. And then having that be lived out living the faith, so to speak, you know, and like living a life of virtue, mm-hmm. you know uh, getting married and, and staying committed in your, in, in your marriage, you know, that that's, that'd be, that'd be one example. Um, you know raising your children to do the same thing communicating the the faith and and, and preaching the gospel to your children passing on the faith to, to your children in, in the best way you can and so where it's it's not just saying uh Christ is the center of my life but mm-hmm. then living yes. it yeah. you know it's 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 that combination of faith and works you know your 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 faith is reflected in your works like the work is the faith and they're, they're, they're they, they can't be separated. You know, you know, like we're not justified by our works, but we're justified by our faith that is reflected in the works that we do. And that that's the part that I did not have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to strive until my death to, to do. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. The book of wisdom, I think like chapters 13, 14 and 15 talk a lot about how that, you know, we could have come to know the creator from the good things of the creation, um, but instead we fell in love with the creator's works. You know, We fell in love with created things and began to worship idols, which we ourselves make, right? Uh, and if you think about that, we can either make physical idols or we can just worship the work of our hands. Right, I mean that's which could be our money. right? we make money, you know. We and human beings make money, so if we worship money, that's that. And uh, the Book of Wisdom will say that the love or the worship of idols is the uh, root of every evil, right? And uh, you know, uh, Paul will in First Timothy six will talk about right that the love of money, right, is the root of all uh, of all evil. And so, what is it about you know idolatry, you know that? that, that really needs to be, I like the way you put it to, it just needs to be rejected at some point. We just need to say like, okay, I, I, I will stop that. Right. I'm a recovering idolater. That's basically what a Christian is. I'm a recovering idolater. I have turned away. I used to worship the thing created goods and these can even be other people, right? Or, uh, or anything, you know, uh, that is, is a false image of God. Uh, and uh, and and now I worship God. And uh, John Henry Newman, uh, now Saint John Henry Newman, would say that conversion is the work of a moment; holiness, the work of a lifetime. So we can have that time where we converted; we went from living, being you know an idolater, and we changed, right? And that happened. That moment of faith, that moment of conversion, as it pertains to the life of. Right, baptism or confirmation, or you know these different elements within our sacramental uh, mode by which Christ comes to meet us. But of course, right, holiness is uh, right is the work of a lifetime. So completely conforming to Christ is only going to be perfected in heaven. So, is there anything you know else you saw within the kind of you know the kind of idolatry that maybe you might uh, suggest for? And whether or not this is your, you know, your serious athlete who's listening here or your weekend, you know, uh, your weekend runner or your, um, you know, maybe parents of kids who are, you know, uh, in sports.
0: Well, I think that just like anybody with any addiction is to recognize they have a problem,
1: right? Nicely Re- put, nicely put.
0: Recognize they have a problem. And I'm going to pick on all the sports that are Olympic, Olympic sports because it's an easy, it's an, it's an easy target. Uh, because it's addressed in Scripture multiple times, I mean, he says the idols made of gold and silver. <laughs> so if you're an, if you're trying to go to the Olympics and win a bunch of medals, he's talking to you. <laughs> and I know because I was that was me. He's right, and so if you just recognize that 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 as like the goal, I would say. Like the ultimate goal is idolatry. Go right there, just stop. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, okay, he's talking to me loud and clear that this is not This isn't something that I should idealize. It shouldn't be that. It should be something that helps you get to the ultimate goal, the real goal. And John Paul says, uh, referring to the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life. And what I strive to do every day is to take that Olympic dream mm. and crush that dream and say, that is idolatry. The, the summit that I wanna get to is here on earth, it's, it's the Eucharist and that's the that's the summit that's more valuable than any gold medal at the olympics that's the summit that we're trying to get to that is it that's what we can get here on earth and the cool thing about it is is you can get it every single day
1: <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> it's there yeah.
0: and it's it's mm-hmm. and it's very simple he just wants you to follow the rules talk about rules there was rules in sports mm. and nobody wants don't break the rules in sports but he gives us rules, and as long as we follow those rules, it's really not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not. It's, we, we make yeah, it hard. Yeah. We make it hard. And, that, and, it, it, and I'm not going to say it's not. It, it is It's more challenging than, than it, yeah, yeah. it seems to be on the surface. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, talk, talk about holiness, but yeah. for, uh, you know, for any, really at any level, uh, you can have that, you call it a, the moment of conversion, right? And that's, that's it'd be the equivalent of, saying, I wanna train for a marathon. Woo, I'm gonna train for, a, I wanna run a marathon. You, you made that choice. I'm, I, I've committed to to running the, this marathon or training for a marathon, saying, oh, I've, I've committed myself to, to to being a Christian. I, I want I want to go to go through that process. I'm gonna join the RCIA if you're an adult or at some point when you're a kid, you say, I'm not just doing this because mom and dad say so. You know, I'm actually, I believe this, right? then the real work starts, right? Yeah. You know the rules. And that's really what I think that, that, sort of the misconception of when people come to the Catholic church and they say, well, I know some Catholics that aren't perfect at all. Like, why should I do that? I'm like, yeah. well, the the Catholic church isn't claiming that people in the Catholic church are perfect. We're just, we're, we're making the claim that Christ
1: is perfect. Yeah. I love Exactly. Exactly. So just then now we just have to walk the walk. And (sighs) also one of the beautiful things, right, is that the primary rule right of the Catholic faith is the mercy, right, of God revealed in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we fundamentally recognize, right? Our father, right. Who, who, who's in heaven, um, right. It's his name, his kingdom, right. His will, that dominate and then us, we give us our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses. So the first rule of the game, right, is to just admit that you make mistakes, right? Even at mass every time, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea You know, The first rule is just to admit, right, I'm a problem, right? I'm, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm largely a failure at living my life well. And so um, how beautiful. So uh, what about this notion of then kind of suffering and loss? I think there's something really beautiful in the fact that I think so many athletes have actually, you know, have go through a lot of suffering and loss. Either they lose competitions, many athletes' uh, careers are ended involuntarily right, by, by an injury. Um, I've, as we've been uh, chatting about, right, I've, I've been training for a marathon for the, probably the last like six months. And, uh, you know, as a a fixed goal, right, one, crushed by the Eucharist, but then the beautiful thing about the Eucharist is we get to bring all of our earthly things back to God, right? You know, it's like once God crushes all the idols, then we get to take all the good things of the earth and restore them to their proper order, which means we offer them back to Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, But, you know, I I actually just broke a a fibula, and so uh, now I'm, you know, trying to walk across the podcast studio, so... (laughs) Right. You know, and, uh, I'm on crutches and a boot and, and it is hard sometimes to set aside. And that's when maybe our Lord is kind of saying, okay, Hey, you know, um, or I have an opportunity now, right. To say, thank you. And what can I learn? Because I know my genuine, right. My genuine marathon, right. Is, uh, is, 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 is the journey to heaven. So, but what would you say maybe in your own life about loss and suffering and, and injury, you know, right. I mean, at some point you had to, you, you were no longer competing at the highest level. How did you kind of manage to navigate those transitions?
0: I, well, I I think that it's, it's, it's another way for athletics to, to paint, paint the right picture. Okay. And recognize that, that suffering is part of the game. It is part of it. And again, Christ tells us that, you know, there's no, there's no way to, uh, you know, being resurrected in, in, in glory as, as he is, mm-hmm. except through the passion. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, he he suffered physically and I doesn't sound like it was a lot of fun. <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, we can take these little moments, you know, a broken fibula. I've got injuries from basically head to toe that I've, you know, uh, experienced through my own running career and say, you know, Hey, like, you know, what is this, how is this speaking to me? Like, what is this telling Mm -hmm. me? And uh, you know, you can, again, just apply it to
1: the the, the eternal eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time when you were maybe injured or no longer able to compete where you felt hopeless maybe towards the end of my career, but I wouldn't
0: say it was a hopeless moment. It was more a moment where it, it, at the end of my career, I started to see that being a professional athlete, where it was like providing, you know, uh, know, sustaining me, you know, uh, financially, it was starting to say, I think it's time that we start thinking about something else. And, but earlier on when it was, when, uh, sort of in the, the, the meat of my career, I always, I, I knew instinctively that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And I, I, I knew that there was no other option except to rest, recover, do all the things right. And then get back out there. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was pretty clear to me that, that this was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, and it was, Later on, that that wasn't that wasn't the case, and mm-hmm. when I when I sort of lost that feeling of like maybe this isn't what I should be doing, then that was the marker to me to be like, it's time, it's time, it's time, time to move on. And that was that was at the 2013 2014. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm having these, these 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 moments where I I was sort of questioning things, and I was like, all right, I, I think that just that's just a sign that it's time to move mm-hmm. on, and it you know, the physical, the physical suffering I think is, is something that, uh, you can take that again, athletic aspect of it and then apply it to, to, to your daily life, you know, and say, Hey, uh, if you're not in sports, you know, from, uh, it, it, that doesn't mean that you might not have to suffer even physically sometimes to do, let's say the right thing. And I think, all the parents out there probably know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. You know, like it, it, it can be like an athletic event to, to raise a family, <laughs> right? Even now, like if I, even though I don't, tr- don't train to the level uh, that I did before, like physically, I, I've found that I, I still have to call upon my athletic career and how I sort of treated my body to keep it going physically to have the energy to actually just function as a you know to function in daily life. Yeah. I, I have to call upon that to kind of get through the day. Like, you know, these kids, yeah. you know, they're heavy. Sometimes, you know, I got to pick up babies and, yeah. you know, do all the
1: physical parts and uh, you, you can, app- you can still apply that. That's great. That's that. great. Well, thank you so much for that. And um, I want to ask you three quick questions. Uh, what's a book you've been reading?
0: I have been reading Joan of Arc, Mark Twain. Yeah. I, my, my, my oldest daughter is, is, is Joni. And, uh, and I, we I'm trying to get us to read it together. You know, she, yeah. she's, I've got a lot of stuff, stuff going on and she's got actually got other, 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 other books. Uh, that she's got it read for school, but
1: just slowly, slowly chipping away at a, at a, at a book that I've always wanted to read. That's great. Uh, second question. What's a daily practice you, uh, use to grow closer to God? Pray the rosary, uh,
0: and go to mass. Uh, And then I also do the, I'm I'm in the, doing the bridge of prayers too, the 12 year bridge of prayers. So those are the three
1: main things. Well, that's great. I love those. Yeah. Those easy runs, the rosary. You got Um, it. And then finally, what's a, what's a belief you held about God that you later discovered was false? And what was the truth you discovered?
0: I didn't know that he was here in person he i didn't know that i didn't know that and now it's awesome to know that he's here and i can go to him his physical presence here that's amazing to me i think it's one of the craziest awesomest things that
1: yes yes it is beautiful to find that not only right god is a personal god who wants a personal relationship to us but he comes to us right in the Eucharist personally, right? The second person of the Trinity comes right to, uh, you know, to dwell. And it's always interesting too, right? The Eucharist isn't even the goal in a certain sense. The goal of the Eucharist is so that Christ may dwell in us, right? You know, what, what, that, that Christ wants to have that deep personal relationship with each of us. And um, just maybe one last thing. I know you like to use this quote with the um, students or with, uh, like, when you, um, this, this last line from, and again, this was John Paul II's Jubilee of Sports People, Sunday, October 29th, 2000. But let's just close with this last prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, help these athletes to be your friends and witnesses to your love. Help them to put the same effort into personal asceticism that they do into sports. Help them to achieve a harmonious and cohesive unity of body and soul. May they be sound models to imitate for all who admire them. Help them always to be athletes of the spirit to win your inestimable prize, an imperishable crown that lasts forever. Amen. 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 St. John Paul II pray for us us. well thank you so much alan webb for being on our show i really enjoyed it and uh, so thanks again thank you for having me thank you so much for joining us for this podcast if you like this episode please rate and review it on your favorite podcast app to help others find the show and if you want to take the next step please consider joining our annunciation circle so we can continue to bring you more free content we'll see you next time on the catholic theology show